Good morning. Can you imagine uh, being in Katya's shoes, uh, what, what that must have been like? Um, imagine being a five-year-old and, and needing to provide for yourself or um, just even that, just that whole idea of, of a young child uh, struggling for their basic needs. Imagine what that, that must be like, must be like for so many. John this morning, is, he's given us a pretty good idea of the, the scope of the need, um, literally that's in our culture, our own culture, but also all the way around the world. And uh, what we want to do in the next few moments is go to God's word, go to the scriptures, and let's ask this question, what is God's heart um, for this topic this morning? So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. This morning, in order for us to understand God's heart, I think it's really important for us to understand where did this whole idea of adoption come from? Where did this whole idea of caring for those in need, where did it originate? What are its roots? So we're going to look at that first, and then we're going to look at some different passages that really bring to light, that highlight God's heart on this topic. And so look with me at Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 3. It says This is kind of a banner verse over this whole first uh, 14 verses here. Verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now notice it says that these blessings are in Christ. And, and we know as we studied through the book of Ephesians that the, the amount of blessings that are in Christ, they're so numerous. Paul goes on and on. And in verses 3 through 14, it's just one long run-on sentence in the original language. And it's just, he's expounding on and on and on and on the blessings that are to be had in Christ. Our response, even this morning, even as we just read that first verse, it should be one of, in Christ, if you're in Christ, it should be one of gratitude, um, one of overflowing gratitude for what he's done for us. Let's read verse 4. It says, for he chose us, he goes on, for he chose us, here it is again, in him, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his, his pleasure and will. Notice in verse 4 that it says, before the creation of the world. <clears throat> Don't miss this. Before anything was created, before the foundation of the earth was created, know this, God was thinking adoption. He had, get this, your adoption in mind. You were in the plan before the creation of the world. We were in the plan. Amazing. Verse 5, it says that, that he adopted us, that to be adopted. Um, you, you know what that means, to be adopted. It means to be brought in or to be, in a sense, it's like this, it's like embraced, right? Now, now don't miss the weight of this because the Ephesians, when they were reading this, they lived in a very dark culture. And so when they read in love that they were adopted, that would have kind of blown them away. And they might have thought to themselves, oh, okay, we're adopted. We're brought into the family of God. That means that we kind of snuck in through the back alley and we got in the back door and, and we didn't say much about it. But, but no, it says, in love, we are adopted. It's not like we barely sneak in. No, no, no. It's this idea that, get this, in Christ, we are welcome. The floodgates of heaven welcome his people into his arms, into God the Father's arms. And then ask yourself this question, okay, how did all this happen? What's the heart of God in our adoption? Look at the rest of this. It says in, in the rest of verse 5, in accordance with his pleasure and his will. It wasn't like the, the, the Lord was feeling like, oh, I have to do this, or oh, this is kind of breaking my back. No, no, it was, it was his pleasure. It's what he wanted. Notice the heart of God in our adoption. Pleasure. It was his pleasure. It's what he wanted. 
Galatians chapter 4, it, it talks about how we are sons and daughters of the living God. So much so that, that we can get this, we can call out to God and we can say, Abba, Father, meaning like Daddy. I mean, we can call out, we have the ability, the privilege to, to know our Heavenly Father. By God's pleasure, you and I, we were adopted, we were brought in, we were given something we didn't deserve by a perfect Heavenly Father. And so the question came to me this week of any group, of any group that should be dialed into this topic, I think it should be those that have experienced their own adoption. It should be followers of Jesus Christ that we've experienced what it means to be far from God, to not deserve to be in the family of God, but by his grace, by his, get that, his pleasure, by his will, he's brought us into the family of God. We have an inside understanding, don't we? we? We know what it means to be taken in. We know what it means to be welcomed into a family, to experience love of another kind. We know what it means to have a, a permanent residence that we long for, that we anticipate. We know what it means to be able to be called a son, to be able to call, be, be called a, a, a daughter, to be able to call out to a father in heaven. Our adoption through Christ, what does it do? It doesn't cause us to turn a blind eye to the issues of the morning but it causes us to embrace the plight, their plight, the, the orphans and the widows and the, those in great need. It causes us to embrace them out of what? Here it is. Not out of guilt, not out of, oh, I should, but out of gratitude. Out of gratitude we care because of, of the adoption that we've experienced. If you've ever prayed that prayer, and um, it, it's this prayer. Lord, have you ever prayed this? Lord, break my heart for the things that break the heart of God. That's a dangerous prayer, isn't it? But if you've ever prayed that prayer and you've been reading through the scriptures, you've probably had a few verses stand out to you. So I want to take you through some of those. But here's the question I want us to have in mind as we do it. What exactly is God's heart for the orphan? Uh, for the one in need? For the one that's voiceless in a sense? Let me show you James chapter 1 verse 27. It says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. And here it is. What does he do? He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow. And he loves the alien, giving him food and clothing. Psalm 68, verse 5. And there's over 40 verses on this topic in the scriptures. Psalm 68, verse 5. A father to the fatherless. Here it is again. A defender. One who stands up. One who speaks. A defender of widows. Is God in his holy dwelling. And then the one that really grabbed me this week. Proverbs 31, verse 8. It says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. For the rights of all who are destitute. Christine and I have three kids. Our, our oldest, uh, six-year-old Aiden, and then we've got a, a three-year-old Ashlyn, and then we've got just a little guy, a uh, 14-month-old uh, Easton. Now, my three kids have a lot in common with those three kids. My kid's on the left, if you can't figure that one out. But my kids have a lot in common with those other three kids. I was thinking about it this week. They have so much in common, really. Um, think about this for a second. They, they all love to have fun. Um, they all have emotions. They cry. They, they laugh. They, they smile. They, they get upset. Um, 
they would all prefer to eat, particularly mine, their trick-or-treat candy over any meal that I would possibly give them, right? They have desires like that. They have a ton in common. But as I was thinking about these two groups this morning, those on the left and those on the right, there's, a, there's actually a, there's one thing that's a major difference between the two. The ones on the right, they don't have a voice. The ones on the left, they have a voice. They have an advocate. Christina and I, we're their advocates. We speak for them. They have someone that's concerned, deeply concerned about their basic needs. They have advocates that care about small things like soccer practice and swimming lessons and, and, and then bigger things like their health, like their education. They have voices that speak into them the truths of God. They have people that speak those things into their lives. They have a voice. They have voices in their lives that dream with them, that sit down with them and say, you know what, maybe someday God will do this with you, that help them understand what it is that maybe God would have for them one day. The kids on the right, they, they don't have a voice. This should grab us. Proverbs 31 verse 8 says, speak up. It says, don't, don't be silent. It says, speak up for those who are in need, for the rights of all, not just some, for the rights of all who are destitute. Throughout the scriptures, we see the heart of God is, here it is. What's the heart of God? The heart of God is he's aware, he's engaged. He sees those in need as his own, just as each of us. I I think God this morning, I think he calls us, and, and thank goodness this is for everybody. Nobody gets to miss out on this. He causes us, he calls us to care for those in need. To, to extend the blessings beyond our own circle and, and into the other families of those who are in need. You know, this morning, we've, we've made it really clear. I think it's been evident that there's a need, there's a strong need. And, and I think if you look through the scriptures and hopefully even just this very short presentation of, of the scriptures, you really can see that the heart of God on this issue is not at all silent. And so the question then is, okay, church, how do we respond? How does Brookside Church respond? In a few minutes, John's going to talk to us about a new initiative called Bridge of Hope. And there's going to be some very tangible steps for each and every one of us this morning that we can take. But before John comes back up, I want you to direct your attention back to the screens. And let's listen to the second part of Katya's story. And I want you to see this. This is what happens when the voiceless get a voice. So take a look at the screens. <laughs> 